Since the beginning of time, people have always found creative ways of communicating. This is my way. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and we need to talk. For nothing, I got Billy Alexander here again today. Hi, guys. So, how's it going? It's going pretty good. It's been a real stressful past couple weeks just uh-huh. getting over the flu. Yeah, you got the flu. Yeah. I didn't even know until yeah. you were like, I'm down, I'm down for the count and I got to go to Baton Rouge. Yep. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot you're doing that you're not telling me about. Yeah, it was a struggle. I was on the struggle bus for a couple weeks. Oh, well, I know a few people that were riding. Maybe you had some friends. <laughs> Um, yeah, I kind of was struggling too, but so the flu and not coronavirus. Not coronavirus. It was just the flu. I tested positive after coming back from a visit. Did you not take a flu shot? No, I took my flu shot in November. Um, my doctor. Did they wear off? My doctor said the flu shot this year was only about 45% effective. That seems, that seems like something they should tell you as the needle's in your vein. Pretty much. <laughs> so, like, I need you to ne- let me know this. Um, so, But you're feeling better. Feeling so much better. I still have a little bit of congestion that I'm getting over, but... This may sound selfish, but you're not contagious, are you? No. You're honey. in my home. <laughs> honey, I would not have come over if I was still contagious. You're a nurse. I've, you're You have your master's in nursing. You know. You know. I, I've, I've taken all of my Tamiflu, and I'm still taking Dayquil as I need it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes. Um, how was Baton Rouge? Baton Rouge was really good. Um, we got there a day early before the training process had to um, start. Um, but I was really tired when I first got there because uh, we took the red-eye flight. Ugh. I know, 1 a.m. leaving out of LAX, not the greatest experience. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a really good week. Um, we're getting a brand-new um, EMR electric uh, electronic uh, medical record for um, my work. Okay. Um, So that's why I was in Baton Rouge getting trained on that Mm -hmm. um, and how we were going to implement it. Um, It was supposed to go live April 1st, day before my birthday. Yeah, Yeah, because you share a birthday with my sister. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were going to go live with it April 1st, but due to Corona, our trainers can't come out to California on site to train nor go to Florida They can't or they won't. Their company is not letting them. Okay. <laughs> so, Corona is just interrupting everything. So we're having to push go live with our EMR system until third quarter, which will be July first. Okay. Well. So you're stuck with the same old crud. Yeah, we're stuck with our, our <laughs> same system, which I'm not really a fan of because I've compared it to, um, for those of you nurses listening, um, it's like charting paper versus charting in an actual EMR system. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you also use like charts? Like so it's not Manila folder charts. It's not necessarily that, but it's more along the lines of you're having to write these massively long um, progress notes mm-hmm. every time you contact a patient. So it, it's not the greatest system. So going into the new system, it'll be a lot of prompts for the nurses and all mm-hmm. of my care staff that they'll just be able to click and they will be able to chart much easier. Yeah, because you're running the show. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Many of these decisions were made before I even got my position. Well, I've been missing you. I've missed you um, as well. We have seen each other twice since New Year's, I guess. Maybe. Uh, twice or three times. I think three times. Well, th- which is better than most of my friends. I have not seen a couple of them since New Year's. And, th- like, I've seen my friend Ernie... I think four times since New Year's, and each time it was randomly when I was watching a TV show and he was <laughs> playing a guest star role. Oh my <laughs> so god! I was like, "Oh, there's Ernie." Oh, there he is. There he is. I know him. <laughs> One time he had he was Hemroid Henry. Oh my on, god! Um, Love it. On Caroline's, uh, is it Caroline? Caroline's second act, the new oh. Patricia Eaton show, and then he's on that new Fran Drescher show. Um, yeah, so I've, I've, he popped up, but, um, 
Yeah, this year's been it's real been, busy. It's been nuts, like how busy I've been since. Um, but all January. good, though, right? It's been good. Yeah. Um, but it's just been a lot that I was not expecting. Yeah, I mean, I I decided to say yes to life, and I said yes to a lot. Now I'm always sad and tired, <laughs> but I'm I'm very fulfilled and you know doing a lot of work. But anyway, so. You're here today to watch more election returns. We Yay. are. I'm really excited. I'm excited about what we're seeing already coming in through mm-hmm. the polls. Well, who, can, I, can I ask who you voted for? So, since I am an Alabama resident, technically. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you voted uh, I, absentee? I was too late to get my absentee ballot. Oh, so you didn't vote? So I didn't vote for the uh, primary. Who, okay, so who would have you voted I for? I would have voted for Elizabeth Warren. Because Ethan and I said on the last week's episode, um, we were going back and forth, back and forth on all the all the different scenarios, um, and we wound up voting for Elizabeth Warren as well. So, so that's who I would have voted for. Um, now, obviously, going into this, I'm totally switching gears to another candidate. Who you? Do you want to say who you're voting for? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't care, girl. You know, I'm I'm open to telling people. I'm not one of those shy people. Because uh-huh. I was such a uh, big Hillary supporter, and oh, I was me posting too. about it every single day, like, go vote, like, mm-hmm. everything. So, going into this, I'm going to be a very big, strong Biden uh, supporter, um, simply because I think Bernie is a little too left for us right now in mm-hmm. this day. Well, and I found that... And Bernie supporters have disagreed with me vehemently online, um, as they were wont to do. Um, but I, I just I think Super Tuesday was a referendum mm-hmm. on the fact that we're just not there. We are. We're just not there yet. I I support us going in that direction. I, I do too. But I just don't we're think not. it's what's best for this country because there's so many people who are not far left. Exactly. So. We're not to the point of being able to support that as a party. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I. I've decided to to back Biden, um, but I mean I'll support Bernie if he gets the nomination. So will I, because we just need to get Trump out. <laughs> I think we're gonna I think we're gonna be pleasantly surprised on November third. I think is the day we we vote this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong about that because I've been watching a lot of political stuff lately, and yeah. there's been some like history stuff that I'm watching. I'm watching um, the new Hillary documentary and. That is the next thing on my to-watch list. But I'll support him, but I I think whoever has the nomination, I think people are going to understand how important to get out and vote and not sitting at home this year. Because we have to. We have to go vote because if there's no re-election campaign looming over Trump's head— he, there, there'll be no restraint. Mm-hmm. He's going to he's going to put lasting damage on this country. Oh, most definitely. So, I I hope everybody will get out and vote. What else is going on with you? Anything in my life going on? Um, let's see. So I just visited Alabama. That was really fun. Mm. Um, was go, that on this trip too? No, it was not on the back. So you've been trip. traveling a lot. Yeah, the that's where you got month, the flu. Yeah, I got on an the, airplane. Yeah, I got the flu from going <laughs> home to Alabama. Oh yeah, actually. Um, but I got to see my friends back home and um, that's nice. my husband. So that was really great to spend, you know, almost a week there. To yeah, see because them. y'all have what, an in vogue. Modern relationship. I mean, you're living in different cities. Yeah, we're right living now. in different cities right now, so it's it's a little more difficult because we're across the country from mm-hmm. each other. Um, but we're making it work, and it's great. I talk to him multiple times a day, um, and so it's really awesome. I don't talk to Ethan multiple times a day. <laughs> I'm like, I'll see you when I get home. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's important for a relationship, like especially when we're such so far mm-hmm. away, is to stay in open communication with each other. For sure. Um, but but you're living your best life we are. Down, down at the beach. We are. We are living our... I'm living my best <laughs> life. Not we. I'm living my best life at the beach. Um, so it's really great. But um, overall, my life in the past month has just been so consumed with um, work and my new title, uh-huh. my, you know, job at my work. Um, so it, it's been a huge change I make a me. very big point not 
to talk about my work on the show just because my opinions are my own and exactly. I love my job. You're more than welcome to tell everybody I, what you do. I'm not going to go into all that. I can <laughs> so. just say that it's just been very challenging mm-hmm. um, and a little overwhelming at times. But you took, you uh, well, a little brief history for those who didn't hear the first episode. You moved here for travel nursing. Your yes. contract ended after a year and you decided you had the opportunity to take a permanent position yes. here in California and then you swiftly after taking that position was promoted. Exactly. <laughs> so um, you it's been a breakneck speed of whiplash. Exactly. So it's just been a, a big change for me and it's been, you know, sometimes challenging, um, but I'm really enjoyed, enjoying the ride that I'm on mm-hmm. and enjoying learning and developing as a nurse still and as a leader and mm-hmm. um, person that people can come to. Of course. I, you were walking in the door on a business call, and I was like, well, there he is. <laughs> Our boy's grown up. I know. I finally have my big boy job, and I'm, I do I'm not. loving it. And I'm loving it. Like, I've had a few big boy jobs along the way, and I'm like, nah, it's not yeah. for me. Yeah. But some days, this past week, I was like, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's too much for this week. Not that I couldn't do this job. I was just like, I need somebody to just pluck me right out of this week. We'll start again next week. I know that feeling. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then, of course, this coronavirus is I, just, it's, it's, people are losing their minds. They really are. Like, you can't buy toilet paper. You can't buy, like, masks. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. how crazy people are so, going over this. I got word um, the other day. Like, twice in one day, the overlords that, you know, run the business, they were like, we're no longer taking personal cups. They're like, we're no longer, you can't bring your own personal cups. Just don't. And then simultaneously, I've, I've said on, I've said here before, I'm, I'm on the vestry at church. So, you know, the governing body at church, mm-hmm. too. I get an email from, you know, that's passed around. Um, and they have canceled wine for communion. <laughs> and so I was like... This is it's kind of bad when they cancel the blood of Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, How do you even cancel that? They said, because, you know, you've been to church with me. We sip from the same cup. They're like, oh, hell no. They need to. Over just, Jesus's dead body. They need to just get those little bitty tiny portion cups and hand them out. Right. And here's your blood of Jesus. Well, and here's where. It go- and also, this is getting in the weeds, but I am producing a documentary that we're going to be sending to film festivals later in the year. Um, and our production company is Church Nerds Productions mm-hmm. because we're all church nerds. Yes. Here's a little church nerd alert because people are like, why can't they just do the, the little cups? Well, there is this cloth of which I forgot the name that sits on the altar and everything on the cloth is what is consecrated by the priest. Mm-hmm. So anything that's not on the cloth is just wine or just bread. But if it's on the cloth when he's saying the you know the prayers and all that, it becomes consecrated as the body of Christ. So I was like, so could you imagine up on the altar he'd have to have a big swath and he'd just have to swing his <laughs> arms back and forth while he's praying to consecrate everything. Uh, so it's a little impractical. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that would be Funny There's to your see, church nerd fact for the day. I know. Well, especially with my priest, <laughs> he's a bit of a gay flair. He was funny. <laughs> I loved him. But um, I think people are really freaking out because, like, if you go to if you go to the coffee shop every morning and they will not take your cup or if you go to church and they will not give you communion or mm-hmm. there's just all kinds of ways that the coronavirus is affecting my everyday life even though I don't have it and I don't know anybody with it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why people are like, uh, freaking out. It, it, it's it's crazy because thinking back, I'm like, how many of these like viruses have we already made it through? Mm-hmm. And everybody has the same reaction every time one of these viruses pops up. Mm-hmm. Like we went through the swine flu, we went through SARS, we went through all of these. Well, and did you hear what Trump did? Girl. He, Obama, after SARS, he was like, you know what? This is a national security issue. So I'm going to put an epidemic team together so that we can study the epidemics and see them on the horizon and be preparing for them. And then them. Trump just disbands. He's like, no, thank you. We we're fine. <laughs> we're good. We, we're, we don't need this anymore. Yeah, because Obama made it. Yeah. So. 
not to get too political, but for who am I kidding? <laughs> who am I kidding? But just Trump's whole handling of the whole mm-hmm. epidemic has been an absolute fail. Right. Like I'm, I'm just sitting watching the news, reading my articles. Like, what the heck are you doing? So, and also the other day, I was just thinking, you know, it was the worst week of my life, of my job, my current job, yeah. the worst week so of far. 2020. Of that, of, it was the worst week of 2020 for sure because this has been a good year. Everything was going wrong at work. People were yelling. Things were breaking. I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm so sad. And I was just like, God, if you would just lock me in a room with a computer and a stack of books and make me take breathing treatments, that might be a vacation for me at this point. Oh, my God. That (laughs) sounds awful. And I know that's terrible because being in a hospital, a room alone by yourself is the worst feeling. It really is. Of all time. But I'm just like, you've had those days where like, I wish I was quarantined for coronavirus. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to do this job anymore. <laughs> so, uh, but I did hear an article, and I, as a nurse professional, I heard, or I didn't hear an article, I heard on the New York Times <laughs> podcast that kids are not getting the coronavirus. Really? At all, and the way they the reason reason they explained it is the common colds that we get that you pick up mm-hmm. wherever you're going is a strand of corona. Oh wow! So is that? I mean, that's so I haven't heard that. Okay, um, but so I really don't want to comment on something that I haven't researched. Well, here's what the article said. It said that. The colds you get are all strands of corona, and that's why this is COVID-19. It's like a 19th strand of whatever, the one that we've never seen, yada, yada. But kids are going to, like, daycare and preschool and all this stuff, and they're picking up, like, 17 different coronaviruses, getting that. And they're being So their whole body is just, like, fighting corona, 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 fighting it. And so it just kind of inadvertently knocks this one out, too. And they're like, oh, well, there you go. Nice. They don't get it. And we, healthy people, Mm -hmm. are getting it. Go hang around a daycare <laughs> for a while. Go lick a lot. Can I lick your child? I don't <laughs> want to get the corona. <laughs> so, so I don't do it. No, I don't either. <laughs> so what was offensive that you said? Oh, that I wanted to be locked in a room. Oh, that's and, not and offensive. Well, apparently it offended someone oh <laughs> that I know. Because that is not offensive. I have a person in my life. I will not say where because if I say where. People who listen to the show be like, I know who he's talking about. <laughs> they, I said that, and they were like, being in a hospital room alone and scared is the loneliest feeling you'll ever feel. Oh my and that's God. not fun. That's over dramatic. And I'm like, I really need you to understand what my humor is. I've known you for a while now. Like, I know your humor, <laughs> and I totally get it. I'm like, I don't want to be quarantined for coronavirus. <laughs> But that should go without saying since you know me. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, dear Jesus. As a nurse. Yes. Who works in, well, a pretty active clinic in LA. Yes. What are they telling y'all about coronavirus? So we're starting to roll out a process, actually starting tomorrow, where we're having to report every suspected or positive corona case. Are you seeing stuff that are suspected corona cases right now, now we, at your spot? Right Because that's the thing. You do work with a pretty vulnerable Yes, I do community. work with a very vulnerable population. They can contract diseases very or mm-hmm. viruses very easily. Um, but... As of today, when I looked, there is no reported mm-hmm. in our clinics that would be reported to us verbally, um, and I have not received any of those. Mm-hmm. We have not received any claims data um, from a corona claims as of yet um, uh-huh. in our specific clinics, but that's not to say that it will not happen. Right. I mean, I mean, it's going to happen, I yeah. think, right? Um, so to, it's going to come to us at as some point. As of tomorrow, we're having to start reporting to the state on a daily basis um, how, how many corona suspected or confirmed cases we see in our clinics. Mm-hmm. Are you nervous about that? I'm not really nervous because um, I, as as um, much as I am like just concerned for my population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you, again, have a population that you sort of see and treat and mentor 
over over periods of time. Exactly. And, and so you, and can, I'm sure you get pretty close to some people, and you, you see the since same I'm regulars. not direct lines anymore. Yeah. I'm not on the front line, so I don't get to have that patient interaction mm-hmm. as much anymore. But I know my staff will. Yeah. And that's um, hard. Rolling out this new process, we'll probably end up having to pull our staff from going on the front line until this actually subsides. Uh-huh. So it'll um, be instead of just like instead of ongoing health treatment, it'll probably you'll probably be working through a lot of emergency stuff. So right, the, for the most part, like Once our, our staff are my for the most part, my complete staff works out in the field. So mm-hmm. they go to the clinics, they go to hospitals, they mm-hmm. go to members uh, patients' homes. Oh, okay. Um, or to Skid Row. So they, they don't are. have any kind of way of knowing for sure that they are always in a sterile environment. Exactly. So it could, mm. they're, they're seeing uh, patients anywhere pretty much here in the L.A. County area. Yeah. And so um, we're looking at maybe even for a period of time taking them out and just doing everything telephonically. Yeah. Um, because we don't want to have and then staff. If, and then kind of assessing like you need to go to the ER or you exactly. need to go to your doctor or exactly. go to this doctor. So we're looking at that because we don't want to expose our staff um, mm. any more than we need to to the virus. Yeah. Um, Well, and I thought that... I thought we just had a handful of cases in America. No, it's like it's widespread. up to like 500 now. Yeah, it's so widespread, it's ridiculous. Like it's spreading fast. Yeah, but not to be an alarmist. <laughs> so, um, so it, it's just going to be a different process flow for um, where I work of how we're going to yeah. be handling the patients and everything, um, and how we're going to treat them and like mm-hmm. um, triage them. Mm-hmm. To where they need to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be nervous about it, but realtalk.com, I don't have health insurance right now. I get it on April 1st, or I get it at the 1st of April. Well, there you go. And so I'm like, let's just wait it out because I ain't got the money to be quarantined. That's going to be at least $1,300. I don't know how I I made that number up in my head, but I'm like, $1,300. I'm like, but now that I'm thinking about it, like, probably like 13,000. I was like, (laughs) 13. But in my head, I was like, I don't have $1,300 to be quarantined. And Uh well, that's good because you're going to need like 20,000. Yeah, exactly. If you don't have health insurance. So I'm trying to beat the clock and get my health insurance. Mm -hmm. Stay Um, healthy. Vitamin C. Another thing that I've realized... Um, in the past month alone, mm-hmm. how much uh, this is going to go on to a soapbox, so I'm trying not to go there. Here on this. we are. But just the differences in healthcare coverages mm-hmm. and how, like, un believably they they just don't cover the same um because i had the flu Mm -hmm. when i was home i came back to california went to the doctor got a prescription for tamiflu Mm -hmm. cost me ten dollars through my health insurance Mm -hmm. i ended up i gave lance the flu my husband while i was home Here's a, here's a little souvenir from California. Exactly. So I must have picked the flu up somewhere in one of the major airports that uh-huh. I flew through. And when I left, he called me like the next day, I'm so sick, you know. And I was like, go to the doctor. And he went to the doctor. His Tamiflu was $120 on with his insurance. That's ridiculous. So how is that okay? You know, like I'm paying $10, but another person's paying $120 for the exact same medication. Are y'all on the same insurance? No. I have my health insurance through my work. He has his health insurance through his That's work. That's ridiculous. So during our next open enrollment, we're probably going to switch all over to mine because his benefits at his mm-hmm. um, work is just awful. Yeah. It's terrible. That's awful. I mean, I, because I'm a performer and, you know, I live the free, a little bit of a freelance lifestyle. I'm working part-time and, you know, doing projects. Um, yeah, we had to work it out. Me and Ethan, we were talking about it. And actually, I think this is the first time I've actually talked about it on the podcast, but on later this month, we're going to be filing for domestic partnership so that we can be on the same insurance because right. his insurance to add me would have been like $300 per pay period. Oh, wow. And for me, it would have been a hundred to put him on mine. Oh, wow. And yeah. so... Yeah. Much better. <laughs> there we are. I'll take that. And the health insurance that lapsed that I will be getting back through my work, uh, it's like the Cadillac of health insurance. It's 
They Robert. offer some bomb ass. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it was with, with Kaiser Permanente. They had like 26 visits to the chiropractor. Oh, that's awesome. And like 26 visits to your therapist a year. Nice. I'm like, yeah. I need that. that. I need that. (laughs) I need to go talk to somebody. (laughs) This coronavirus has got me down. Uh, (laughs) Real down. (laughs) Help me out, girl. But yeah, I mean, it's no joke. And I worry for these people who don't have health insurance and they're going to get coronavirus. And see, I'm wondering... Out of, like, these 500 cases that are confirmed, like, what population is that? Like, is it the people that are are uninsured, mm-hmm. or are these people that actually do have health insurance yeah. that can get coverage? And I've been hearing a lot lately of people who have been saying, "You, why should I have to pay for somebody else's health care when... When I work for mine and they don't work for theirs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hmm, what are you doing? Yeah. And, like, these, there's some of these people that I have I've heard say that in church. In my church. I'm like, really? Like, the whole point, I go to the Episcopal church. The whole point is social outreach. Uh-huh. Like, it's social justice and outreach. To reach out to the poor, reach out to the destitute. And I'm like, they need help. They really do. Like, like some of them can't work. And, like, people, that, that's taxes that are paid. Yeah. It's not like you're, you're having, it's not like they're coming to your door and be like, we need alms for the poor. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, I don't know. I, I, uh. Sort of to bring it back to this whole political stuff. I don't know. I don't know what I feel about that because I do feel passionate about everybody having coverage, nobody being falling through the cracks. Me too. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't know if I trust that Bernie can do it. Uh, I'm pretty positive he will not be able to do it because... I just don't think his plans, the ones that he has released Mm -hmm. anyway, are going to, like, be effective in any kind of way because uh, there's not enough support for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, because any kind of bill, like Obama with the Affordable Care Act, it started as the Cadillac of health care plans, but then it got bumped around two houses of the Congress, and it got diluted down to a point where some people fell through the cracks on that, too. Yes. And so, I mean, I'm just like, what do you, I mean, everybody thinks that Bernie is going to be, just like everybody thought that Trump was going to be this hero Mm -hmm. that can do whatever he wants, and And then then they're pissed because people are holding him accountable. And I'm like, well, because... And I think that's the struggle, and both parties, mm-hmm. like they want these radical people in the party. Sorry, I'm talking with my hands. I'm a gay man. I got it's okay. It. <laughs> I know you, you got a flare. You got a flare. Uh, uh, and the people on listening cannot see this, mm-hmm. but I'm talking with my hands. The joys of radio. <laughs> um, but people in both parties are wanting somebody radical. The Republicans wanted Trump, mm-hmm. and then you know uh, a lot of the Democrats wanted Bernie last time. And I feel like that those types of people on the mm-hmm. such far ends of the spectrum can't get things done. Well, and I'm proud of my Democratic people in Congress who have held President Trump accountable I and am who, too. Have, who have put up that roadblock and said no. But mm-hmm. once Bernie gets in there, there's going to be Republicans who are going to do the exact, exact same thing. thing. And I don't know that I don't know that I can blame them in, in from- certain ways because it's some things are just against their beliefs, and I think they're wrong for those beliefs. Right. But that's what they believe, and it, it's like they're not just gonna lay down and be like, "Oh, okay, sure." Right. And for me, I guess that's why I think people in both parties should like go for a more centralized candidate mm-hmm. that can actually reach across the aisle and work with the other party mm-hmm. instead of having somebody on each end where they're like, "No, we're not gonna work with that party because that that it's completely." Against what I believe. Did you hear last week's episode? Yeah, you were traveling. To uh, to I was telling Ethan, I was like, "What if Bloomberg is the one that needs oh to be president?" God. And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Hear me out." 
Republicans hate him and Democrats hate him. <laughs> so I was like, he's just going to go in there and we'll all just hold him accountable uh-huh. because we all hate him Everybody personally. Everybody hates him. He's a real tool. So a real, I'll say long, it since you don't say <laughs> dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I'm like, maybe he's the one we need because everybody hates him equally. Uh-huh. And so. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the reason why it's showing tonight. You know, Biden is winning mm-hmm. so hard in all of the last few elections. Yeah, it's Tuesday, so it's we, Tuesday. you're here to watch the re- election returns and eat some lasagna with us. Yes, and for those of you that cannot be here or smell what I'm smelling right now, it smells absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Ethan, for cooking. <laughs> I thought for sure he was going to say something, but Me he just too. popped he, his head in uh, and just gleamed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're watching the election returns and, you know, I, I, you, you and I both were very, I mean, I don't know. I don't even, there's not even words to describe how involved we were in, like, in the election in 2016. And I feel like you've been like me, just kind of dormant, just like, let it play out on its own. I don't need to get involved for in the discussion on Facebook and then all that, because they're going to debate on the stage. They're, we're going to decide who we want to vote. Cause at the end of the day, that's all it is. Exactly. They fight it out. We make one vote for the primary and then one vote for the general. That's we have two jobs. Exactly. Um, and the rest we've just, we've sort of been, dormant. Nobody's taken a strong stand on a candidate. For me, I was like, after being such a hardcore, like proponent in the last election, Mm -hmm. fighting for who I thought should be the president and seeing how it turned out, I was like, I'm going to bring it back Mm -hmm. because I got in so many arguments via social media. Oh yeah. I had to defriend a lot of people. I defriended a couple of people last year. It was just last election cycle for 2016. Almost a burden for, for like that, for lack of a better word. Well, and you know what though, I think it was different this year too because in 2016 people were engaging. Yeah, people were having those fights. Over the last four years, we have gotten so polarized that nobody, like, no Republicans talk. No. They they just we're agree just post, with everything we're Trump We're just says. posting what we, where I'm posting it, you're liking it, all my friends are liking it, mm-hmm. you're posting I'm like, yep, that's right, Billy, you tell them, tell yep. nobody, nobody's listening, nobody's, nobody's, listen. nobody's looking at it, because we all agree with you. Yeah. And vice versa, and that's the way the Republicans are doing, and so I think that might be a blessing that we just kind of went to our corners for a little while, yeah. but now that, off. now that there's two, I mean, I guess we, we are polarized within the party. Party too, yeah. Because now there's two. We're we're having lasagna and watching election returns. We're we're kind of in it again. Yeah, and it's like so. I feel like we're at the same place we were in 2016 when it got down to two candidates. Mm-hmm. We are going to be very polarized on those candidates, and then I'm afraid the same thing is going to happen again this year mm-hmm. with what happened in 2016. The people that are supporting Bernie are not going to support Biden if he gets the election. And and it's looking that way because. I posted the other day on Facebook, I was like, if Bernie wants to lead the Democratic Party, he's going to have to stop insulting the Democratic Party. I, and I completely agreed with that. I liked it. And people were <laughs> like, he's not doing that. He's not doing that. It's it's whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's not insulting the Democratic Party. He's de- insulting the Democratic establishment. I was like, which is the Democratic Party? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. And they're so, synonymous. And so they're already setting this up that... They are, um, they're not, they're not going to support and, the and thing it's going to piss me off. The thing is, is I mean, I don't that's wanna... the whole point of the world. That was such white privilege right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's going to piss me off. <laughs> and so. I don't want to polarize any of your listeners or anything, eh, but fine. But the thing is, I actually like, have quite a few conservative li- listeners um, so. because I'm going to support whoever the Democrat oh, yeah. nominee is. And you know what? I'm going to be. Not a Bernie bro. No, I will never. But be I a, will. But I will, I'll love Bernie. I'll be like, you know what? I will love him for the fact he replaced Trump mm-hmm. because he's gonna. Because but we're all gonna get out and vote if it's Biden or Bernie or Tulsi Gabbard who is still in this race. <laughs> How the hell is she still in this race? No, I don't think. Does she? Uh, maybe she's Amish. She doesn't have TV or something. It's like, girl, you got one delegate. Yeah, you got one. <laughs> one delegate from American Samoa. Uh-huh. Maybe you should go to American Samoa and be get their in a parade, governor. Or get something. in a parade. And just like yeah, take over their their island or whatever. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna support whomever. Um, but for me, I just 
I'm nervous going into this upcoming November mm-hmm. um, because I was not nervous going was, into 2016. God. I was not nervous. I just knew what was going to happen. And this year is just like totally different for me. And mm-hmm. I am so nervous did that you, he's going to win re-election. Did you see me and Ethan on election morning in New York? Did you see? Because I was, because not only that, not only was we were we volunteering our time for stuff and yada yada and all that. Um, I was doing a lot of Facebook Lives oh. at that point, and I woke Ethan up at like 6.30 in the morning. We were walking to the polls by 7, because they opened at 7. It was like 7.05. We were walking to the polls, and I was doing a real cocky-ass <laughs> Facebook Live video of like, we're electing the first female president today! <laughs> And then I'm like, did you see Hillary in her beautiful golden suit going to the polls with her Uh husband? Yada, yada. You know, I was going, I mean, I ate shit. Yeah, I ate a lot of crow. So I'm like, you know what? Zip my lips. Yep. Go vote real quiet like. Uh (laughs) I I ate so much crow. It was Uh not funny. But I also... When I it came down to talking to some of my friends in Alabama um, and finding out, like, who they actually voted for, mm-hmm. I was like, you realize you threw your vote away. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, because you th- voted for a third-party candidate that's never going to win. Mm-hmm. So why even bother going to the polls? Yeah. That really upset me because they— Not only that, they voted for someone who was at a gala in Moscow with Vladimir Putin. Yeah. She so, was sitting right there next to I know. To him. I know. Mm-hmm. So it, it just really bothered me, and I tried to educate them, but it was <laughs> pointless. Do you? <laughs> I saw this thing the other day on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it, but I posted it. It said Hillary Clinton called uh, called um, Hillary Clinton called Donald Trump a Russian puppet right to his stupid face, <laughs> and for that I'll always respect that bitch. Yes, <laughs> and I was like, yes, she sure that did. Is so true. And she gave a little shimmy. She gave a little shimmy. No, I, we, we watched the first episode of the Hulu. Uh, documentary series, the mm. four four episodes called Hillary. I'm so excited it's to watch it. It's the most phenomenal thing. Like that that is on my next uh-huh. watch list, but um, I'm trying to finish the um, documentary on Netflix right now about um, uh, Gabriel Fernandez. Everybody's been telling me to watch that. Um, it's actually an LA based um, documentary uh-huh. because it actually occurred in Palmdale. Oh, okay. Um, and it's really. I got a friend that lives in Palmdale. It's it's very um, disturbing in some ways mm-hmm. because of what happened to this young man. Yeah. Um, like some of the pictures that they show during the documentary, it's like, how can this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but after I finish that kind of depressing uh, thing, oh, I'm this gonna, is you're gonna. I mean, I don't know. This is gonna be pretty depressing too. Um, a little bit because they live. I mean, it is raw. Yeah. Like I saw this clip of Donald of. Um, Donald on the brain of Bill Clinton he was talking about he was kind of like real depressed about the fact that he ruined a girl's life so um it's it's kind of deep yeah it's it's real deep but I mean it's good but um I I do I people are not are pretty discouraged right now and they think Donald Trump's gonna get reelected and all that, and I just refuse to be a Debbie Downer, yeah, I'm and refuse to, to give in to that. I believe people were going to go vote, um, and I and you know what, honestly though, because we have a lot of Republican um, friends, because we're from Alabama, mm-hmm. we have a lot of friends who identify as well, maybe not a lot, but some. We do have some. I feel bad for them because they deserve better. They do deserve, they deserve someone better. Like, in a world of Donald party. Trump's, they deserve a John McCain is I mean, what I think. F- right now, I, just personally, I would rather be going back to the George Bush administration mm-hmm. um, than having this. Yeah. Um, but And that's what I feel bad about for the Republicans. It seems like there is a ra- they're just in a race to the bottom. Yeah. So it really is. I would. I mean, I would love it. I mean, he does have a challenger. Somebody's challenging him, yeah. but nobody's campaigning. Yeah. So it's like, well, whatever. yeah, like 
even though his Republican challenger is like there, I have yet to hear one thing about. I, mean, I don't even know if they're having elections. Like I, when I was looking at you know the returns and everything, and I was seeing you know two other people listed on mm-hmm. the ballot for the Republican Party in many yeah. of the states, I was like, who are these two people? I've never <laughs> heard of them. No one cares um, because it's going to be an automatic landslide for oh, the Republican yeah. Party for sure, um, and is no other option. Well, and I just want anybody who has any doubts to remember, or if you don't remember, um, in 2012, Obama, they said statistically he got out the um, the number of people, 28% of black voters, or 28% of the black population who were eligible to vote mm-hmm. got out to vote for Obama, and 30% of people, black population who was eligible to vote got out to vote for Doug Jones. Obama lost Alabama to Mitt Romney. Doug Jones won Alabama for having 30% of the electorate, yeah. black electorate. And I'm just like 2%. 2% made the difference between winning a state and losing a state. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and in and, and all fairness, there's probably a lot of white people who stayed home because it was Roy Moore and he rapes children. So um, he ra- he's raping everybody. He, in he, he, ra- he really <laughs> is. Um, but it really two percent of the population can make that much of a difference. If two percent more of the population voted everywhere in every state, Hillary would have won those mm-hmm. three million three million more votes and won the election. Yeah. So we just need to remember that. Getting out and getting involved still matters. It does. More than anything else. It does. Um, I mean, your vote does matter, mm-hmm. especially depending on the state you live in. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone get out and vote this November. Yeah. I just, you got to go vote. Um, because if you don't vote, I don't want to hear you complaining about it. Mm-mm. About how it turns out. If you don't vote and then you start complaining, I will find somebody who has coronavirus to come make out with you. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to love that plan. (laughs) We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to do a spotlight for Women's History Month. Yay! March is Women's History Month, and I decided that I want to join the ranks and shine a light on some pretty phenomenal women on each episode that I do in the month of March. And we've been talking about political unrest in this country, and so I thought I would go with someone who causes much political unrest amongst many people on the other side of the political divide, but someone I love and I'm dearly proud of, Nancy Pelosi. I love Nancy. So here's a little bit about Nancy. First and foremost, Nancy is the first woman to be be elected to the Speaker of the House. And what some people might not realize is that the Speaker of the House is the third highest ranking position in the United States government, behind Vice President and behind the President. She is the woman who's made it to the highest ranking place in the government. She is. Um, but what people might not know is she is the only daughter among six children. Um, she was born in Baltimore in 1940. Her father, Tommy D'Alessandro, was a legendary Democratic congressman and Baltimore mayor. Uh, Pelosi was a Democrat from birth, and as a young girl, she was offered a toy elephant by a Republican poll worker, but recoiled, refusing the toy. That's amazing. Pure lady, pure. Mm -hmm. She has given me life over the last Mm -hmm. year. She's a devoted Catholic. Pelosi attends Roman Catholic Women's College, or attended a Roman Catholic Women's College, Trinity College in Washington, D.C., where she met her future husband, Paul Pelosi, who was attending Georgetown. They eventually relocated to his hometown of San Francisco. That makes me happy that they said that she is a devout Catholic her whole yes. life because the the Republican Party love to pretend like they own God and they own patriotism. Yes. And you find it time and again, Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, 
Hillary Clinton was a devout Methodist her entire life, still to this day. Nancy Pelosi, a devout Catholic to Methodist. And that shows you that you can be a Democrat and a Christian. Exactly. Just saying. Uh, Pelosi is a mother. Not, we're not trying to take church away from you. Don't want it. Don't want you to. Don't want it. You need church. You need God. Look at all the things your president's doing. Uh, Pelosi is mother to five. Uh, Nancy, Kareen, Christine, Jacqueline, Paul, and Alexandra, all born within six years, and grandmother to five. So. That's amazing. She's a woman who has it all. Although active in politics her whole life, including stints as a leading Democratic fundraiser and chairman, chairwoman of the party in California, Pelosi didn't run for office until, uh, office until she was 47, preferring to wait until the youngest of her five children was a high school senior before running for Congress in 1987. Uh, Republican National Committee Chairman Ken Melman said that she was neither a new Democrat nor an old Democrat, but a prehistoric Democrat. Other Republicans call her a, la- a latte Democrat for her pol- for her politically progressive views on the environment, women's reproductive rights, labor unions, and other issues. This shows that Nancy Pelosi is a woman after my own heart. A true San Franciscan, Pelosi makes sure that her office is stocked with Ghirardelli chocolates. Her diet typically consists of mostly chocolate and chocolate ice cream. Completing the notoriously challenging New York Times crossword puzzle is one of her favorite hobbies. I'm here for eating all the chocolate, Nancy. <laughs> I love it. Like she's Especially like, Especially Ghirardelli. I'll eat chocolate and Republicans for uh-huh. lunch. And Thank you so much. I'm so proud of her for her stance that she has taken, and she's not letting Donald mm-hmm. Trump run over her, and she's taking that stand up against him. Oh, people were pissed that she had ripped that, pa- that paper right up uh-huh. in his face. And I like, was living for they it. Were try- they were like, he, she, it's treason. It's, you know, yeah, they, they went ripping down a government dockets. Documents and I'm like, I'm sorry about it. I love it. Do you remember last year's? um, Was it last year's or his first year? Uh, No, it was last year's. Um, um, What am I trying to say? State of the Union. Yeah, where she gave the fu clap. Uh huh. She was Uh like. Well, Nancy, our hands are straight up to the sky, giving you a full not f you clap because we thank you for your service and give them hell, Nancy. And that was your Women's History Spotlight. I'm here for it. Don't forget those pussy hats, ladies. So it looks like... um, the elections are coming in nicely, and it says Biden wins Michigan. Nice. That's awesome. That's Bernie great news. Beat, Bernie beat Hillary last year by, like, or last election cycle by, like, 30 points, I think. Yeah, like he, it was like a he huge He whipped win. her ass in Michigan. It was a huge win for Bernie. And so, for him to lose mm-hmm. Michigan like this, that's, like, very telling. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's... It's, I mean, it's going to be, we still have five states tonight, and then I think there's five more next week, but I, I'm, in, I'm getting revved up for this election, so. I am too. Like, after the last Super Tuesday and then tonight, after seeing the projections from mm-hmm. both nights, it's gotten me more excited and more interested in this race. I think it's made it more real that we have to, like, do something. I think so. I think before it was just there were so many, uh, for lack of better terms, too many chefs in the kitchen at the first few debates. Mm-hmm. We just had too many options. I mean, yeah, it was it was, it was complete chaos. You had to have two different nights. Yeah, for twenty uh, twenty uh, candidates, it was just too much. That was too much. It was it, it it didn't give the Democratic Party enough time to focus mm-hmm. down onto the candidates that we needed. To. I think in the coming week or so, Biden and and um, Bernie are going to be doing a debate one-on-one. I'm, I'm interested to see that because I think they can actually have a substantive conversation about 
you know the issues they can actually debate without fighting and exactly. you know because they don't have to fight anymore no it's, 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 it's just now it's a clash of ideologies yeah and you don't have to fight you don't yeah. have to insult and, and and they're both honorable men and I feel like that's what it came down to at these first few debates that they had for the Democratic Party mm-hmm. people were just trying to get their voices heard and trying to down other opponents yeah and I feel like moving forward when these two debate they will not have to um uh, use those tactics. Mm-hmm. I agree, and and I hope that whomever's the winner, the one who's not the winner, quickly pivots lets, and supports the and other supports person. the other. Because I wish, I wish when it was clear that Bernie's not going to win, I wish he would have bowed out gracefully. And I know that his supporters would be mad about that, but I wish he would have bowed out gracefully, took a little time to lick his wounds, come together with Hillary, and show a united front, and then let her make him her running mate. Girl, I know this is a little off topic, but it's still political. When I was in Louisiana, I had a Lyft driver. They were listening to a Republican station. And you know what they were still talking about on that Republican station? Hillary. Hillary Clinton's emails. You know she don't give a damn about any of this. Like, she li- she lives part-time in Ireland now. Uh-huh. She's the chancellor of Queen's University, Belfast. And she lives in Ireland. And I was like, do you, do you, I, I, I just couldn't during that Lyft ride. I, I gave that Lyft ri- driver a bad rating. Mm-hmm. And I said. I mean, but I wouldn't, like, listen to Anderson <laughs> Cooper. If I was a, li- a Lyft driver, I would be like, listen to my Anderson Cooper. Exactly. Don't be shoving your political thoughts down I would down just be like, throat. you like Beyonce, right? And, Here you are. And the thing is, is that's what I said, I I gave an actual comment mm. to Lyft, and I said, you know, during Lyft hours, you, this driver should not be playing political ideologies mm-hmm. um, for his Lyft, uh, Lyft riders to be hearing. He should be playing something a little more broad, like classical music, right. pop hits, or something more enjoyable for the broad population, mm-hmm. not listening to something that he wants to listen to in his personal time. Yeah. Speaking of classical music... I am so excited because on the 29th, you and I are going to the Foray Requiem. I'm so excited about it. When you <laughs> text me, Disney I was like, concert hell hall. yes, I want to go. <laughs> I was like, I love music. Well, so. and you know my friend Anthony uh, from church, he's singing in that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because so, he's with the LA Master Chorale. I cannot. Um, friend of the show. He's been on the show before. But anyway, yeah, that that's stupid that... He, I was just like, how are we still that. talking about Hillary Clinton's emails four years later when it doesn't even matter? Yeah. It didn't even matter then, Mm-mm. but it's definitely not mattering now. Mm-mm. Like, not at all. It, how so, is it going to affect anything? And, you know, and I hope that there's nothing that, I, I just hope that there's nothing that distracts from that now. And maybe if we have a white man again, nobody will give a damn about anything, and they'll actually see Trump for who he is exactly. this year. Um, Instead of having to compete against the opposite sex. Yeah. So, well, we got a few more states to go, and Ethan has just informed us that the, the lasagna is ready. I am so ready for that lasagna. Well, before we go, would you like people to follow you on Instagram or Twitter or any other social media platform? Most definitely. Um, they can follow me on Instagram. It's BLA35950. Mm-hmm. Wait, BLA... Three five nine five zero. Three five nine Hometown, five zero. Hometown uh, zip, zip code. code. You don't even live there anymore. I don't live there. Uh, <laughs> but it's something that I've had since like college. Oh yeah. Uh, not Instagram, but it's just my username that I use for everything. Okay. BLA three nine five nine zero. Girl, <laughs> you just got it all kinds of wrong. It's BLA three five nine five zero. Three nine three five. <laughs> 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 BLA three five nine five zero. What you said. Exactly. And you can follow me at Kyle L. Henderson on Instagram or at Kyle L. Henderson on Twitter. Or if you're really itching to be a part of the conversation, you can go to the in the Facebook page. Uh, but not for nothing. And, and yeah, that's all. Oh, wait, I forgot. There's someone who has started listening to the show. He does not want to be mentioned by name, but I know him and I see him at work sometimes. And I told him I would mention him on the show and he needs to be listening for it. And so I made you listen to the whole show till you heard your message. He didn't care for what, uh, he didn't care for, um, Pete Buttigieg too much just because he was actually in the military. Mm-hmm. 
and apparently military people don't really like that he is touting certain things about the military that they don't feel he's an authority on. But that's all. I was just going to say that. But anyway. Anywho. Stuck that little Easter egg in there. If you want to be a part of the conversation, go to the Facebook page. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Tell us what you think about the election coming up. Tell us what you think about coronavirus. Tell us what you think about Nancy Pelosi. Lover or hater, I want to hear what you got to say. All right. I can smell the pasta. We got to go. 